Welcome to One Heart, One Mind, Nampa, a podcast of the Nampa-Idaho South Stake. In today's interview, you will hear from the Stake Presidency, and now your host, Lindy Bauer. Hello, welcome to tonight's podcast, One Heart, One Mind, Nampa. Uh, we're here tonight with um, President Stuckey, President Keller, and President Bauer. Welcome, glad to have you tonight. Thank you. Good to be here. And it's the beginning of a, a new year, and we're here to discuss um, uh, the tool you have for families to use to, to make goals, to increase the spirituality, and uh, further build their foundations in the gospel. Um, President Stuckey, can we start with you? We'll just kind of give us an overview of, of what this what this tool is and, and what you hope happens as families use it. It's kind of a springboard. It, as we discussed uh, uh, what we could do to strengthen the stake, we talked about this in state council and felt like President Nelson's message about spiritual foundations was uh, was critical, uh, as a critical message for our stake. And, uh, and so we discussed what elements of a spiritual foundation we would need uh, for each of our families, each individual, and uh, these are the four areas we came up with. Let's go ahead and read what those four areas are. I'll go ahead and read them. You've got um, your own personal ministry, how I will study come follow me, how, how I will keep the Sabbath day more holy, and how I will reinforce my temple foundations. And we'll go ahead and we'll discuss those, those four areas. Um, but first, let's go ahead and start with President Nelson's quote that you referred to from that last conference talk. We are sparing no effort to give this venerable temple, which had become increasingly vulnerable, a foundation that will withstand the forces of nature into the millennium. In like manner, it is now time that we each implement extraordinary measures, perhaps measures we have never taken before, to strengthen our personal, spiritual foundations. Unprecedented times call for unprecedented measures. Uh, Let's go ahead and and, and jump right into it. Uh, Let's start with our own personal ministry. President Keller, will you talk about what that what that looks like to you? Sure. You know, um, it, it just feels like when we take upon ourselves the name of Jesus Christ and we look at his life and his whole purpose to minister, it's not new when we read what he did and understand what he was and how he lived. It's not new for us to say, hmm, if, if I'm striving to use him as my exemplar, if I'm striving to become like him, if I want to have some of his attributes as part of who I am, then I need to minister to other people. I need to uh, think of others before I think of myself. It's a huge monumental project to be able to say, I care about you with the same amount of emotion I care about myself. And so being able to to practice doing what Jesus did, in a sense, is, is a ministry. So uh, that, that's a lifelong event to learn how to, to minister to people around us. I love that. You're right. It's a lifelong event. Let's start with our youth. They're in the beginnings of their lifelong ministering. Uh, President Bauer, how does, that, how, can our, how does it look for our youth? What examples have you seen in our youth, or what does that 
what would that look like for our youth to find their own personal ministry? Yeah, and and and, and what's neat about this is um, our youth have really been focused on on this particular aspect this past year. In fact, it was the focus of our of our ward um, conferences. The second hour, we were meeting with the youth and talking about what it would mean for them. What does it mean to develop their own personal ministry? And the approach that we took, which which I, I found very very enjoyable was to ask them the type of things that they like to do, the things that they were good at, and, 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 and you know, the areas where Heavenly Father has blessed their life, uh, to, to, to help, that they recognize that. But then to ask them how those blessings or how that, how that blessing from Heavenly Father could help them be more inclusive of other people. Uh, for example, we had one young person that said, well, you know, I, I, I love to cook. And then we just asked the, the group, well, okay, well, you love to cook. Can you use that to bless the lives of other people? Can you use that? How, how does that become part of your personal ministry? And it was just amazing to see the, the young people, the way that they seized on that. And they, and they recognized, oh, boy, you know what? I enjoy playing basketball. How, how, it would be so easy for me to invite a friend to go with me to the rec center to play basketball. Oh, I love to cook. What if I invited a friend to, to cook something with me and we could go deliver that to, to, to somebody? But it was really interesting to see as they kind of recognized themselves being a tool in Heavenly Father's hands to be able to bless the lives of other people. And again, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm one of the luckier people in the, in the world just because of my, my, my particular responsibilities in dealing with the youth because our young people and our stake are amazing. They are the greatest missionaries we've got. They do such a they, wonderful job of being inclusive. I get to see it on a, on, on a, on a weekly, if not monthly, and monthly basis. And so I, I, I think for parents, as you meet in family councils and you talk about this, my encouragement would be, to, to, to make sure you include your young people and ask them, well, what, you know, how has Heavenly Father put you in a position to be able to bless the lives of other people? And how can you further develop that? And how can you pray for inspiration? And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I promise you that if parents do that, their, their, their young people will, will amaze them and, and will bless their family um, in a way that, that they probably don't even expect. That's powerful advice. Thank you. Very powerful. The question... Uh, on the the tool here is how I will do my own personal ministry and to invite our youth to to do that. Thank you, President Bauer. Uh, President Stuckey, what would you what would you um, continue on with that as you are, are working with people in all ages and different spots of life, not beginning their ministry, kind of in the middle of their ministry or the uh, more advanced in their ministry? What what would you say to them? Uh, everyone can do uh, a little in their life. Um, I would say begin their day praying for an opportunity, praying for an individual. Um, if if we if we would begin our day um, asking for Heavenly Father's help, the Holy Ghost to help us um, minister to someone, a specific someone. In other words, pray for someone by name, and how we might be able to help that person, um, whatever age you're at. Um, you you will be inspired what to do, whether that's send a text or send a message or go visit or um, bake them a cake or whatever you might uh, you might be inspired to do. But but follow the direction that uh, you're given in that in that prayer. So I love the idea how you talk about doing it with prayer. It really is the only way, isn't it? I mean, I, I recently was listening to 
a book talking about how we can just better our worship and our prayer. And it was a funny little party brought up as uh, one of the author's uh, sons was five years old and said, after a prayer one day, said, Mom, Dad, um, are are we Jesus's king? I thought he was the king because we're always telling him what we want him to do. <laughs> and I thought that was so fascinating. So, no, you're, that's a very interesting insight from a child is, we spend a lot of time telling Heavenly Father what we need, what we, what needs to happen. But to President's point, if we just if we just say, "Hey, I want to, I want to be a tool in your hands," I'm listening. It's a very different prayer than than uh, being Jesus' King when He's supposed to be ours. <laughs> yeah, great point. Let's jump to the next one. Uh, how light study come follow me. Um, I guess let's start. First, can we start first with President Stuckey? President Stuckey, how how do you hope we're so we're studying the Old Testament this year? Um, how do you envision that? How do you hope that as a as a whole that studying the Old Testament this year will bless our our stake as a whole? Uh, there's there's a couple of things I hope we get. I love the Old Testament. I, I love all the scriptures, but the Test- Old Testament is just it's a fascinating book of scripture. I hope we understand the, who the God of the Old Testament is, and that we understand that uh, that uh, Jesus's role, uh, the Savior's role um, as the God of the Old Testament, uh, his role in guiding prophets then, uh, prophets' role then, prophets' roles now. Um, uh, we see uh, the promises made to Abraham and his posterity and how they apply to us in our day. I, I hope we see all of that in, in Israel's uh, role in the Old Testament and and understand better uh, the promises made to us as we make covenants uh, as we are modern-day children of Israel. Anyway, I, I, I hope we gain that from Come Follow Me this year. Uh, I want to share a little personal thought, not so much about Old Testament, but just come follow me in general. We sort of fell off the wagon at our house the last several months just because it's just mom and dad and a you know 15-year-old. It's like, he's got seminary. <laughs> we're reading our own thing. Let's at least have prayer tonight. So we were really good at having family prayer, but the scripture study kind of started falling off at nighttime. And I had an experience a few weeks ago. I was with a business group. And people were talking about how they, oh, we just need to, I need to get, one person, I need to get others, my spouse, and just, we need to coordinate better. And someone else says, yeah, we're having a problem with that in our family, too. And I said, you know, and our church is part of our whole, you know, one of our disciplines is to, is to meet together as a family and have what we call a family council. And I said, and we need to do better at that at our own house. And so weirdly enough, they're all like, they all started using the phrase family council and everybody's committing to have a family council. Nice. And I thought, oh my gosh. Nice. So I went home and we had a family council and it was huh. our 15 year old son. He craves this time with us. He has so much to share. He has so much um, insight and he's ready to talk about those things with his parents. But we're kind of getting on the older side and like, ah, you know, he's got it. That's not true at all. We need each other to have these conversations. It grounds us. It prepares us. So we had to have um, a little bit of a a repentance in our home to to say, hey, you know, it's time to come back together on this. And so uh, this is what Come Follow Me is doing for our family right now. It's just, it's been a tool to bring us together uh, at a time where we're kind of starting to to do their own thing. Yeah, you know, the, the, the funny thing is, is going back to the prayer comment, which is, I think, really, really significant to developing our personal ministry. It's interesting how these all kind of relate together a little bit. But 
I've always been fond of the of the phrase or the saying. Maybe it's a saying more than a phrase, but that you know, we 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 pray to to Heavenly Father and and ask questions and ask for direction, but usually He speaks to us through the Holy Ghost and many times through the Scriptures. And so I think the come follow me aspect and being in the Scriptures and studying the Scriptures will in many ways answer bring some answers to developing that personal ministry. I wouldn't be surprised at all if um, if just the process of getting back into the scriptures, doing come follow me on a regular basis will bring some of that revelation and that some of that direction um, that will lead our families and individuals to to knowing how they need to develop on, on, on a personal level in this family. So it's interesting how it kind of works together. I think we're all, all of us crave the the help and the guidance for our families. I think we all, family life humbles us all and may address all to our needs and all to needing more help and more direction no matter where we are at in our life. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this with, with my my own family as well. Um, let's jump to your next one you have. You've got, how will I keep the Sabbath day more holy? Um, President Keller, can, can I start with you on that one? Um, where do you hope that will take our, our members this year? Or continue to take this is I, we were talking before we started this podcast that all the things here nothing's new just things that you've been sharing with us for the past nine years of your ministering with us in, as a state presidency and we we appreciate you and love you for it and um we've we've heard you speak we've heard you teach on all of these topics over and over again um but let me ask you a question again still how how do you hope that will still take our stake further well you know to, to your point there the fact that these aren't new concepts right, right. um uh, i was actually as we prayed before we began president Stick was praying to prepare us and, and in my mind came this thought that we're really just we're coming back we're, we're inviting the stake to to recommit we're inviting the stake to refocus and what's recommitting and refocusing it's repenting right it's just saying right. all right I'm, I'm turning away from the bad habits that i let go I'm ready to start over. I guess I just wonder why we don't call New Year's resolution New Year's resolutions just New Year's repentance process, <laughs> really, because it's just I'm going to turn away, and yeah. this is my opportunity. We're as a whole, we're reminding ourselves it's time to repent again. Not because it's bad, because reminding us, oh, that's right, refocus. And so, yep. the Sabbath day, uh, you know, we remember that several years ago uh, is what a powerful thing when the. First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve said, we believe that if the members will just do this one thing that so much hinges on the Sabbath day. I'd never heard it presented in such a way. Had, yeah, had you heard powerful. that before? No, powerful. They said, we spend a lot of time thinking about this, and we believe that the, the spirituality of our church, you know, depends and hinges on the members taking this one commandment seriously. At least that's how I felt it. Oh, they, yeah, mm-hmm. and they mentioned it. That this is a multi-generational decision to keep the Sabbath day holy. As we do it in this generation, it affects the next and the next. But as we don't do it in this generation, it also affects the next generation. So Yeah, and it's it's still hard of all the noise that comes to us every single day and and our brains needing times to just stop and think. I mean, wow, what a gift that we're supposed to take a whole day for that. I mean, it's hard to find an... I get ramped up all the time with all the stuff I have to do. This is like, so to have a day where I'm supposed to take it easy and not be <laughs> ramped up, I have to remember that's that's a powerful gift from Heavenly that's Father. What a blessing. Yeah. yeah. What a blessing. 
and, and really, you know, for me, as you know, there's been a number of changes. It's it's been really interesting to me the the change in the in the temple recommend questions. The temple recommend question now that that, that relates to the Sabbath day, right? You know, you know, do you, you strive to keep the Sabbath day holy? But the part to to prepare for unworthily partake of the sacrament, and that is the culmination of uh, of that Sabbath day worship. And to, to really, to, 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 to understand and appreciate that we are a covenant-keeping people. Um, and, and that those covenants really manifest godliness in ourselves and in our families. And, and to understand and fully appreciate that, to me, that might be, I mean, I, I don't want to put any, anything in a higher importance or level, but as President Stuckey talks about, boy, what can we do to strengthen the foundation of our members, to have a deepening conversion? I, I, I personally feel that covenant keeping and covenant understanding is, 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 is central, is, just, is, is, is almost of paramount importance. Thank you for those thoughts. Um, let, let's jump to our, our fourth one. How do I reinforce my temple foundations? And that goes back to um, President Nelson's quote that we shared in the beginning. Um, let the, can we start with the youth, President Bauer? How do, how do you hope that the youth will reinforce their temple foundations? What would that look like for our youth? Oh, boy. I, I, you know, this, this has been weighing heavily on my mind. Um, we were, I've been discussing this particular issue with our, our seminary council. And, and I, asked, I asked them essentially, kind of, that, that, I'm like, well, what, what part of your spiritual growth is lacking? And this was just, this, this was last week. And, 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 said, and I asked them, well, what kind of activity, what can we do? And, to a person on that seminary council said, boy, do you remember when we were freshmen and we had these families and we used to organize these trips to the temple? The, the young people miss being in the temple. I am absolutely convinced of that. And so, again, what an opera, awesome opportunity. And, and this, is, this is an area where, as a family, boy, we used to be really, really good about kind of doing uh, uh, family temple days. My, my older girls just love that but with with the covid situation we just kind of got away from doing that and it was really really interesting is now i've, I've got i've got two younger girls that really haven't had that experience as a family we need the bauer family needs to have a family council and figure out what we can do and that involves the you my my, my my younger daughters to make that a bigger part of our fa our family and especially part of them um and, you know, all the wonderful things that, that go along with that, preparing, teaching my younger daughters, getting them back into family search and preparing names and doing family history, and then having that culminate with that, that temple experience. I, I, again, it's just something that, at least for our personal family, we've kind of gotten away from um, just because it, it's, it's just been a little bit more difficult, but something that we definitely need to get back to and, and do because, again, you talk about strengthening foundations. It's covenants, in, in my mind. Yeah, and, and I think, like always, and we can get back to remembering that, that shedding this concept that it's something that I have to do and remembering that this is a God-given escape 
and break for our lives and not something that needs to be done for some weird reason other than here's an opportunity for us to be closer to God, for us to, to worship, for us to have some peace inside in this crazy, hard, mixed-up world. Um, okay, this is really off the wall, but I had this thought the other day. What if we were created in such a way that we we had to sleep 16 hours a day or our bodies wouldn't function? Had to. We, it was just, an, just like now, it's like, you know, Sign seven or eight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what if that's the body required six, 16 hours? And so the all we had was eight hours a day. Oh. To do all the things. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody sleeps 16 hours. You know, the kids, the dogs, everybody. But we have eight <laughs> hours to function in, in the world. And we would just adapt and make it work. But for some reason, we're trying to be awake for 24 hours and <laughs> do more stuff. In the end, whether it's eight or 24, we we need to ad, um, adapt to what's our biggest strength for us. What would bring us the greatest. If it's 16 hours of sleep to make you strong, great. If it's seven hours to sleep every night, plus a couple hours at the temple, wow. I mean, I know it's really bizarre. If anybody can make anything out of what I just said, I please please send me an email. Explain what you got out of it. But, but I guess I'm just saying we look at the amount of time that we have, and we live with that. But if we cram it full of a bunch of things, it's really hard to find the joy in the whole experience, whether it's 8, 12, 16, 24 hours. And we need... We need the Sabbath. We need the temple. Not for something that we should do, but for something that will bring us what we're really craving for, which is a peacefulness of mind, less anxiety, less stress, less frustration with people and schedules, and a a reminder that, whoa, I I can just go experience something. And if we just did it for that purpose alone, then God's got us. He's got us. He's got our mind. He's got our hearts. He's got a calm soul. He can actually talk to us. Um, so to me, that's what the temple is a reminder of and, and a call to me for. I think the uh, uh, I think we have a wonderful opportunity with the scheduling of temple time that we didn't used to have. Uh, we didn't used to have the we we used to just go whenever we wanted, um, and now we have to actually think about it. If we use that same analogy of the hours in a day and we only have so many hours, why don't we start our day, uh, start our week with this sheet, this this goal sheet, and if we had a goal of uh, going to the temple even once a month, just to spend one time, why don't we go to the calendar at the beginning of the month and schedule that time in so that we know we have that time scheduled, and that way we're not trying to fit it into an already full schedule. Um, and and if we do that, if we do that with "Come Follow Me," if we do that with you know all all the things, then then our priorities are aligned with God's priorities, and we're strengthening the spiritual foundation that needs to be strengthened, and it will be a joy. I mean, it's it will be what it's supposed intended to be, um, a help for us uh, to make it through this life. So. I just appreciate you just trying to use my analogy in any way possible. Thank you. I got it. I got it. (laughs) Well, well, thank you. Thank you for being with us tonight. Um, Is there any last comments you'd like to leave with the stake before we... I think we hope that... I'll just say this before President finishes, but I think we hope that the members... We plan to send a copy of this, uh, you know, as attachment in the email that... uh, this thing you've been, this paper you've been working off of, attached with the email that announces this podcast, 
And we hope that people will will print it up and and utilize it. We're going to talk about it at ward conferences this yeah. year again. Yeah, every ward conference we're going to have this sheet available in uh, all of the second hour meetings that we meet, uh, so that we can review what has been done. If nothing's been done, then we can review what can be done. And we can uh, reinvite. And we can reinvite. That's all we're here for is to invite over yeah. and over again, yeah. right? Thank you. Appreciate yeah. you being with us tonight. Thank you for sharing this with us. We look forward to seeing you in all of our, our wards. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lindy. This has been a special interview brought to you by our podcast team, which includes Kim Keller, Lindy Bauer, Casey Maddox, John Freeman, Dave Fitzen, Don Ricker, DJ Holiday, and Rich Petrie. We thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you in all that he inspires you to do.